3: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
4: mobilecom I don't think there were any two people who were more surprised <laughs> that Nick Castellanos <laughs> caught that ball in game one against the Braves than Scott Fransky and Larry Anderson. Uh, L.A.'s like, oh. <laughs> It's great. L.A. spent the whole postseason kind of reacting to stuff on the field. It was great. It was uh, was great. And uh, there that day in Atlanta uh, was my colleague uh, and our terrific Phillies beat writer at the Philadelphia Inquirer, Alex Coffey, who joins us right now on 94WIP. Alex, how are you, and how was the ride to Lakeland?
5: (laughs) I actually decided not to go because Lakeland is an hour and a half away, and I one way, and I just didn't have that in me today. But um, but I'm good. I'm standing on the backfield, trying not to get beamed. I've had a couple of near-death experiences over the <laughs> last few days, so just trying to keep my head on a swivel. Um, Spring but, draining uh, is yeah, not supposed to be
4: this dangerous, kiddo.
5: No, it's not. But I feel like I should probably wear a helmet or a catcher's gear or something. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they're trying to throw at me or trying to hit at me, but somehow I always get like an inch away from getting... <laughs> <laughs> well, <beans.
4: laughs> well, if if we lose you during the interview, I will go off air and call 911 in Clearwater, Florida to get somebody to help you.
5: Uh, I promise. Wonderful. I'll try to get some workers' comps. But-
4: <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I-, I wanted to start with this. You talked to Nick Castellanos, so we led the segment uh, with the sound of his catch uh, in that game against the Braves. You talked to him uh, about how he struggled last season in his first year with the Phillies and why you might, why he might think things are going to be different. Kind of what's your perspective on the player and particularly the hitter Castellanos was last year, why he struggled the way he did and why there might be reason for optimism or why there might be reason to think, uh Oh, you know, this performance is going to repeat itself.
5: Yeah. So I guess starting with um, just from a hitting standpoint, um, he said that he was trying to overcomplicate things, like was moving his head too much, moving his bat too much. Um, when hitting coach Kevin Long looked back at his tape this offseason, he just saw a lot of like extra movements that he hadn't been incorporating into his swing in previous seasons. So it seems like as a rule of thumb with him, just keeping it simple is a better way to go. Um, and from a mental perspective, you know, it was, it was a little bit of a bumpy transition for him, coming out of the lockout, finding a new team to sign with. Abruptly having to find a place in Philly, people finding out that that place had been inhabited by Ben Simmons before and making a big deal <laughs> of it. Um, and like, he also, like you know, the birth of his seventh second son um, in May and not having time to really be a dad, um, that was tough for him, too. So, So I think all in all, it was just a lot of stuff was going on off the field that might have contributed to maybe that transition not being as smooth as it could have been. Um, so and then, of course, you know, adjusting to a big market like Philly, um, I believe it was Ken Rosenthal who reported that um, he was hoping to sign initially with his hometown uh, team in Miami. And that would have been a much lower stress uh, mm-hmm. media market situation closer to home. And then to, you know, end up in Philly, I think. And that abruptly, uh, not that he doesn't want to be here, but I think that it was, it was abrupt and it was a diff- difficult transition for him. So uh, this is a long-winded way of saying I think it was a combination of things that contributed to what we saw from him last year.
6: Which should all be better this year?
5: Uh, I believe so. He would but, say, he know, would say that don't it don't should predict, be better.
6: Than, uh, no, but, I know, understand. But he would say that, that none of those are an issue this year.
5: He is optimistic and Kevin Long is optimistic. And I just almost got hit by a foul ball. Again? Um. Get behind a fence <laughs> <Yeah>. for
6: God's <laughs> sakes. Uh, okay. Behind fence, but, All right. Yeah, one yeah. of the, uh, we're talking to Alex Coffey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Follow her on Twitter, uh, at by Alex Coffee C-O-F-F-E-Y. C-O-F-F-E-Y. One of the great joys of spring training is you get to watch the old guys trying to come back for one more year, and you get to watch the young phenoms trying to make it. The big story even before spring training began was Andrew Painter, uh, 19 years old, one of the top five, ten, fifteen 15 prospects in baseball. And I was really shocked when Dave Dombrowski said, oh yeah, he could make this team at the start of the year. It just seemed like I don't know that that's helping him, but... I know he threw the other day. I think he wrote about, you know, the, the him throwing to the vets and what they thought. What's the sense right now on this kid for April and for the future?
5: Yeah, I mean, they def- they haven't come out and said he's definitely making the team out of spring training, but right now he isn't giving them a reason to not, <laughs> not do that. Obviously, there's time left in spring training. We have a couple more weeks, and, you know, a lot of things could play out, but um, – but the general consensus among the people that have the hitters that have faced him, guys like Kyle Schwarber and Brandon Marsh is just that it's really easy to forget that he's 19 because he's so poised and mature and, um, you know, kind of unflappable for lack of a better word. So, so there's definitely the maturity aspect. Um, And then from a pitching aspect, he's added, added a fifth pitch to his arsenal. So now he's not throwing four pitches, but five pitches. He's, Touched 99 or 100 miles an hour the other day against Schwarber. Um So doing doing all sorts of crazy things that 19-year-olds should not be doing. Um, but but there's definitely a lot of optimism and hype about him here.
4: Alex, we had a call early in the show asking about Bryce Harper. And there's a term that's being used with Harper in his rehab that I had never heard before, which is dry swinging, which, is, as Glenn pointed mm-hmm. out, sounds vaguely naughty. <laughs> But um, where are things with Harper, and I guess what's the team's kind of attitude about the fact that he probably won't be back until the All-Star break? Do they look at this as, hey, we're this good, and we're going to get our number one guy back midway through the season? Are they saying, hey, we got to hold the fort? Kind of just the vibe about Harper and and where things stand with him.
5: Yeah. Um, Well, just to clear the air on that one, dry swing, I, I actually didn't know what it meant either, so I asked Thompson couple months ago last season, and he said that not making contact with the baseball. So what it sounds like, you know, just taking swings, um, like not off a tee or anything like that. Um, But um, right now, you know, they they don't want to put a timeline on him because he tends, based off of like previous injuries, he tends to be a pretty quick healer. Um, Him taking dry swings right now means that he's actually a little bit ahead of schedule and where he's supposed to be in his rehab. So there's definitely optimism about that, but, um, but as far as like when he might come back, there isn't, there isn't like a concrete date or a concrete, uh, even like time frame I would say right now. Um, it seems like all-star break might be a more conservative estimate, but, but we'll have to see how it plays out. Um, they don't, they don't seem like terribly, you know, they don't seem terribly concerned about how they're going to cobble together offense in his absence. Obviously he's, uh, He's a big part of this offense, but they also have a track record of making it work without. Like they, they know how to do this. They've done this before, and that's what they keep reiterating. So, well, they, they, yeah, I mean, I they won.
6: They won all those games last year when he wasn't there. It's certainly not the preferred strategy, but it did work. So while he is out, who, if if we have Castellanos and Schwarber in left and right field, which, by the way, Brandon Marsh. Gonna to have to be great. He's in gonna, Center field. He's gonna have to be on it. So Cover a lot of ground. They uh, are they looking at <laughs> Hall for DH against righties? Who against lefties? How do you see it playing out for now?
5: They've said that they're gonna rotate through that spot, um, and that means you know rotating through the outfield spots. Like sometimes Castellanos might hit there, or Schorber or Hoskins. Maybe you move them um, from third to first, so Hoskins can DH. Um, I think Hall is in the mix too, but. of that is contingent on his defensive versatility and also if he evens out his right left splits because right now they're pretty uneven so he's been working on that he's actually been taking reps in the outfield um with coach taco figueroa which some some fans are surprised to hear about given his, Mm -hmm. his build but he's been hustling out there trying to to learn some stuff so uh so yeah, there, there are a couple of options but there's no there's not going to be like one set DH basically.
7: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
5: They're going to rotate through a couple of guys.
4: Alex, I know there's been discussion, and it's likely that the they're going to use a six-man rotation this year. How great a concern, if at all, is the idea of making sure that Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler are rested and are recovered from a very long season last season and, and able to go as deep and far as this team is going to need them to go.
5: Yeah, um, it's definitely something that's you know it's definitely something that they're they're paying attention to and giving thought to. But I wouldn't say it's much of a concern right now, just based off of how Wheeler has looked early and how Wheeler and Nola have both looked early in their live bullpen. Um, Thompson has gone out of his way a few times to just highlight how strong they look at this point in the season compared to previous seasons. So, um, so I wouldn't say that there's concern right now, but obviously, you know, they, they pitched deeper into last year, like further than they have before. So it's definitely in the back of everyone's mind.
6: Alex Coffee is our guest. I, and I appreciate Alex because uh, at least when it comes to music, Alex is a good old soul. I, Alex, the fact that I tweeted something about Warren Zevon, A couple months ago, and you chimed in. (laughs) You don't know my respect for you, and I had a lot of respect for you. It's like doubled. Like how how in the world do you know Warren Zevon? By the way,
5: uh, I think I'm trying to remember. I think I I feel like he's every musician's favorite musician. You know, yes, that is that I like to listen to from like the '70s like Jackson Brown, and okay, yeah. um, I'm
4: a big Bruce fan, too. Like there we go. Now uh, now you're talking.
6: I, you're the, I, so, I, again, my admiration for you continues to grow. Al- Alex's um. nickname
4: in in on the Phillies beat, by the way, is mm. Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner. There you so, go. <laughs>
6: uh, so we're talking about spring training stories, and one of the other ones this year is it is the final year of the six-year $24 million Scott Kingree fiasco. And maybe, just maybe, there's a reclamation project there. Um, mm-hmm. What have you seen? What's the storyline with that?
5: Yeah, so I'm going to preface this by saying take it all with a grain of salt. Because, yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. You know,
5: I've, I've, there have definitely been spring trainings in the past where stuff has been written about Scott Kingery that does not play out the way. Five in a know. row. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not making any promises here. But he has hit two home runs in spring training so far including one off of Aaron Nola the other day that went all the way to Frenchies, like the Tiki bar in left field. Um, and I talked to him and Kevin Long about some adjustments that they worked on during the off season. And basically what King Ray told me was that this past off season was the first full healthy off season that he's had in years. Um, and that he felt like he really had time to do the work that he wanted to do. And they ended up working on his stance and having him get a little bit more on his legs, almost like he's crouching down to field. A ground ball, so um, so his long is calling it a completely different swing, and he thinks that that's gonna be a game changer for him, so um so obviously we'll see wait and see, but uh, but they're both very optimistic, and they think that those two home runs are <laughs> a product of the work that they've been doing for weeks over the course of the offseason, so we'll
2: see
6: that's I just want to say one thing before you you say i that's a guy who years ago had this great spring, mm-hmm. and I feel like they they felt the need. I, I almost felt they rushed him up for the fans, yeah. for the PR of it, and it but, never worked
4: out. Yeah, but there was nobody in that organization at that time who right. didn't think that he was going to be a terrific player. I remember talking to Larry Boa about him, and Boa just raved yeah. uh, about the player he thought Kingry was then and would be, and it just it yeah. hasn't worked out for his sake, I hope, uh, you know, Alex's cautious optimism there is uh uh turns out to be true. Um listen Alex, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. Oh, I got I got one question for. Go. got one more. So Sorry. today yeah.
6: is is yeah. kind of the if you you're going to you're going to watch the game in uh Clearwater is that what you're going to do today? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm Clearwater. So it's going to be the first time you're going to get to see what's happening with the new rules. I know they've played a couple of games so far and it's like the pitch clock and so on. Just kind of your take on what you anticipate in spring training and moving forward. With, with all the new rules. Chaos? Yeah,
5: I mean, I think an, an interesting aspect is how the pitch clock will impact the hitters. Um, Thompson was talking yesterday about how he's been hearing how hitters might be impacted by it more than pitchers. Um, and, you know, Harper is one of those guys that takes time. He has a routine in the box. Um, you know, so he's going to have to adjust when he comes back to these new regulations and it's going to be something that they're going to have to adjust. They're going to have to figure out is like how to get him used to these new rules so that when he does return to the big leagues, it's not, you know, he doesn't have this grace period of spring training where he can, he can be in the box and get used to it and develop a new routine. Um, you know, he's just one example, but, but it is interesting to think about it on the flip side and how the hitters might be impacted by it. Um, should be fun. Too,
4: yeah, yeah, boy, if, if Bryce Harper doesn't hit because he can't get into his routine, I wonder how quickly Major League Baseball will change the rules back. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Good point.
4: <laughs> you know, yeah, you could take 10 minutes between pitches as long as uh, you hit a home run at the end of the bat. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for taking the time. We are very appreciative, very grateful, and very glad that you stayed unscathed throughout this interview. Please <laughs> go put on protective gear and get out of the way to foul balls and keep. keep delivering us uh, some terrific Phillies coverage thanks so much
5: sounds good thanks, thanks Alex
4: alright um, good I stuff hope, she's hope, very good she's, she is and I hope she's safe because I don't want to see her get brained by a foul ball <laughs> no, she does a very nice
6: job on the beat And uh, again follow her on Twitter at Alex Coffee let's
4: get one call in before the break let's go to Jonathan who is in Glenn's favorite city Dallas and he wants to talk about baseball and the younger generation he's got a really good one day wonder go ahead Jonathan Hey guys, uh, good morning to you. Good morning.
8: happy weekend to you. Thank you. Um, so that the a couple things happened. The Mike Tyson Buster Douglas fight. That's an awesome one day thing, but hardly anybody saw it.
6: By the um, way, by the way, just let me say this: more people saw it than you think because. And I want to thank my accountant who who texted <laughs> during the break. Nice segue. Oh, by the way, yeah, Rob, I'll I'll begin my taxes soon. I promise. <laughs> I'll get the stuff to you soon. Haven't started. You started? Oh, yeah. My wife is on that. Yeah. No, like, I gotta like, get on it. Anyway. Wow, she's so sharp. He he texted me during the break that, in fact, that was on HBO. Mm-hmm. That wasn't pay-per-view. So I think okay. more people saw it than you think. But but go ahead, Jonathan. Your point yeah, is taken. Back
8: then, uh, back then, a lot of people didn't have HBO. I know I heard about it the next day. I said, he lost the who? Because yeah. You know, Tyson was just going through guys at that time. And, and yeah. he was having this fight over in Japan, blah, blah, blah. But uh, McClung had a great moment in front of the world. Yes. Everybody was watching the All-Star game. And here's another guy that did. Timmy Smith of the Washington Redskins ran for 204 yards in the Super Bowl against the Broncos. He absolutely destroyed them, won Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. Never no, done, he, he Never didn't, did anything
4: after that. You're right. Jonathan, thank you so much for the call. That's a great one. He did not win Super Bowl MVP, though, because that Super Bowl was the one that Doug Williams right threw five touchdown passes and let
6: me just say if you're going to call uh, with something we're looking for the best one day wonder make your sports point first yes please we don't just want people calling up to win the contest as good as a twenty five dollar gift card Conchock and brewing company is <laughs> and trust me it is make your sports point first that's that's more important
4: to the me. Uh, the best pilsner I've ever had Glenn I think I've told
6: I appreciate you that I ring the bell baby yeah
4: absolutely um, so anyway coming up. Uh, in the next segment, we're going to be doing what we're watching. Uh, Glenn and I have finally found a show that we have both seen. Yeah. Usually we end up talking about different things on this segment, but uh, we finally seen the same show and uh, can compare notes, and I think our opinions are going to differ a bit. And, of course, we'll get in later to more Eagles stuff, more Sixers stuff. I have a rant coming on the Flyers. Uh, Glenn has a rant about me being ageist. All kinds of good stuff. 215-592-9494. He's Glenn now. I'm Mike Sealski, 94 WIP.
6: All right. What we're watching is sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Take advantage of Guided Door and Window's big winter sale through February. Receive 40% off all windows and doors. Call 1-877-GOGUIDA or visit them at go com. So,
4: finally, <laughs> I broke down. And subscribe to Hulu, as you've been telling me to do for months now. Get the free subscription for a couple of months. Yep. And I also broke down and started watching a show that you had mentioned you had seen a couple of months ago, and then I'm finally getting around to. It's been out for about six months. And it's called Fleischman is in Trouble. And it's based on a best-selling novel uh, by a writer named Taffy Brodesser-Ackner. And she's a magazine writer, and and she had this foray into writing novels. And the, the novels become a blockbuster. And the show, she's in charge of the entire show, and it is about a guy who's in his early 40s named Toby Fleischman, who was recently divorced, and he's out there in the dating world, and he's dealing with dating apps, and, and kind of trying to figure out how to live life in New York in the aftermath of a divorce. And his wife is a very successful talent agent, and his kids are at an age where they can be difficult, and they're growing up, and... His daughter's on the cusp of becoming 12 years old, which is a challenging time. And his younger son is uh, eight years old and a little offbeat and trying to figure out who he is. And he's got these friends who are trying to live their lives. And I have to be honest, Glenn, I'm not selling the show really well, as you know, because you've seen it. Um, I'm five episodes in and I love it. And I think part of it is because it's, it's tied to my generation. All the characters are people who would be my age uh, who lived in or living in New York? I lived in New York um from a certain socioeconomic background, and they're kind of whiny, but I kind of understand kind of. why they're whiny and all bit. of that. Um, so, as I said, I'm only five episodes in, but I'm really liking it from what I have heard, and I think you mentioned this to me. There's a big twist coming, oh, yeah, that I haven't seen yet. I've got three more episodes to go. It's one season, eight episodes as I said, based entirely on this novel, I turn the floor over to you to tell me why I should not like the show as much as I well, like
6: it. Well, I, your wife read the novel, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, so she kind of knows what's coming. I assume she hasn't told you. She has gone. not. Okay. Um, so it is, first of all, the acting in the show is terrific. It and is. And the cast of the show, which is Jesse Eisenberg, who people know originally from Social Network, yes. and he's done other things. Claire Danes, who is a very accomplished, terrific mm-hmm. actress, who you don't see a whole lot in the first five, six episodes. Aha, plot twist coming. Okay. I'll just tell you that. All right. And Lizzie Kaplan, who's yes. also a very fine actress. Um, so it's really got acting chops. It does. I'll give it that. It's set in New York. You get to see a lot of New York and the it suburb Westchester ma- Westchester. It and makes out the there. city look beautiful. It makes yeah. the city look great. And so all of that is very good. It was a very weird show for me because I thought it started out as like a show about a guy who was getting divorced and then dating every single—having sex with basically every <laughs> single woman in New York, which you get to see him having sex with yeah, every single woman in New York. I should have New mentioned
4: York. that at the top. It's a pretty raunchy show There's at times. There's a lot of nudity
6: in that show. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's all fine and well. That's great. Um, My—I like the— sh-
3: If your day sounds like— We need the report ASAP. You deserve madella If you've persevered through— You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more two more. Too too more. more. Too you deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crowley Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.
6: B, Mm -hmm. Gentleman's B. Okay. Um, And I will just tell you that what's coming in episodes 7 and 8, Right, you've seen through 6? I've seen through 5. Okay, well, what's coming in episodes 7 and 8, it's like, oh, I thought it was a show about this. Actually, it changes several times. First, you think it's a show about that. Mm -hmm. Then you think it's a show about kind of the machinations of friendships and becoming middle-aged in your 40s and living in New York and all of that kind of stuff. And then in the very last two episodes, it's like, Oh, it's a show about that. Mm-hmm. That in itself is kind of cool mm-hmm. because the show evolves and I enjoyed that. My only issue with the show is so I praised the acting. You did. Right? I praised the, the like the production in New York and so mm-hmm. on. Uh, and I praised the way the, the plot arc moves. Jeez, would you just all stop whining for a second? <laughs> My issue with the show is it's a lot of very, very wealthy 40-year-olds whining for an hour a time on my TV. Mm -hmm. And like, life ain't that bad. This is why I hated about rent. Everybody loved to play rent. To me, it's like, just shut up, stop whining, and go get a job. (laughs) It was not a popular opinion when I screamed that out in the audience of a theater, okay? (laughs) (laughs) The general consensus around me disagreed. I'm stunned. So I had kind of that feeling on this of like, life's not that bad, guys. Mm -hmm. You've got a $300,000 job, and you're carping about making ends meet. For most people watching the show, you got
4: pretty good lives. Yeah, and, and I get that part of it. I think the fact that I'm in the sweet spot demographic. Yeah, you're of that age. Of that age. And you're a whiner. So Well that you too, know. you know. Stop talking over me, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> um, I give it three stars out of four with the possibility to either add a half a star or a star as I watch the final three episodes or, you know, drop one off. Uh if I think the plot twist that you've built me up for now. Uh, turns out to be empty and ridiculous, and
6: it's not empty and ridiculous. It's actually kind of interesting. Okay, um, so I I give it. I mean, I usually go uh, letter grades. I mm-hmm. give it a B, but I wouldn't disagree with three stars out of four, saying that it could be four if they did a few things better. But yeah. there you go. By the way, if you're getting Hulu, mm-hmm. while you're getting Hulu, you know you may not keep it long. Right. The three shows to absolutely watch on Hulu because. You know, people say to me, "Like I can't subscribe to all these yes. things that you do," and including my wife, who says, "Why are we <laughs> subscribing to eight streaming services? I pay the bills." Right. Do you know what we're paying? <laughs> She's right. But while Glenn, you're getting
4: it, Glenn, don't don't whine. Don't be whining. What, no, I'm,
6: I'm, <laughs> I'm not. While you're getting it, make sure that you watch the Bear. Okay. Only murders in the building. Actually, four. Reservation Dogs, and what we do in the shadows. Okay. Which are four excellent series. And you watch all those, and it's like, hey, Hulu, nice to have known you.
4: The Bear is one that I've wanted to see. Tremendous. I've heard, I've heard nothing but great. One things of my about favorite it. shows of last and year. And Only Murders in the Building has Steve Martin and Martin Short. Yes, correct? love it. So, so man, I'm I'm you in know for I got tickets
6: movies. to see them play. Come to Philadelphia next October. Great. I bought them in December for my wife's birthday this year, but we're going next October. I thought like I would be the first to buy them, and there's multiple performances. I'm sitting in the Kimmel Center behind a post. Oh no!
4: <laughs> it's the best oh. I could get. Well, all right. So I'll I'll one up you there. Last Sunday, uh, my family and by my family I mean my wife, my two sons, my sister, her husband, their two kids, and my mother and father went to the Broadhurst Theater on Broadway and mm-hmm. saw a beautiful noise, the Neil oh, Diamond. Yeah, music. sweet. Yeah, and it was it was terrific. It really was, and um, it was interesting because we saw a two o'clock matinee. On Sunday, and I think my wife and I, my sister and her husband, and the four kids between us were the eight youngest people in the theater. Yeah, well, Neil Diamond. You <laughs> yeah, know. Um, but, but, but but liked it, loved it. Yeah, yeah. There you Even go. even my kids loved it. People so. who
6: go to theater tend to be older because theater is
4: damned expensive. Yes. Yeah. Well, this was something the entire family had been sure. kind of saving up for for a while. Anyway, enough about Neil Diamond. Let's get a couple of calls here. Rory wants to talk about the Sixers. Rory, what do you got?
9: I was at the game the other night. How how are you, fellas? Good. I was at the Memphis game, and it was a lot of fun when they pulled it out in the fourth quarter. They The Sixers have put a good, entertaining product on the court for five years now. And I think they can steal a title and, like, a one-off deal. If Boston gets knocked out, maybe Milwaukee has an injury, they can make it to the finals and maybe make a noise. But this is not a dynasty, you know, at all. They are built for the right now.
4: No, I think you're 100% right about that, Rory. I mean, the way the contracts are set up, uh, the way patience, as much hope as there is about the Sixers, the fact that, you know, their fans do feel like, hey, but we've been waiting for this team to deliver for a while, and uh, patience is probably short, uh, particularly with Doc Rivers. I know it is with my partner here. (laughs) <laughs> when it comes to Doc. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. This isn't, you know, don't bank on any kind of extended run here. This is, they better do it now or else changes are coming. You have a really good one-day wonder. Rory, hit us with it.
9: Okay, this goes back. This is too early for you, Mike, but Glenn might remember it. February 77, the Flyers had a forward name, Al Hill. First game in the NHL, two goals, three assists. And hardly did anything after that. Yeah. I don't even know if he made the season. That yeah. that's,
4: might, might not be as good as Buster
9: Douglas. It's but I pretty
4: good, I though.
6: It, it's it, old school, and it's pretty good. It's
4: old school. It's pretty good. And not only have I heard of Al Hill, yep. Glenn, yep. and you can verify this, I have his Wikipedia page up here who's the first guy I thought of when you suggested that we do a one-day yeah, wonder. how did you know Al Hill? I know all You were I porn? see all. When were you born? 1975.
6: Okay, and he did that in 1977. So your dad has you in front of the TV going, well, this kid's
4: going to go on the <laughs> Hall of Fame, young Mike. Watch I, this. When you cover a team in Philadelphia, you have to know the history. You just have True. to. True that. You know. uh, Mark in Cherry Hill wants to weigh in on Joel Embiid, and he's also got a pretty good one-day wonder. Go ahead, Mark. What, what about Joel?
0: Well, I think Joel Embiid is uh... – vastly underappreciated in this city. I mean, I realize they haven't won a championship, but people forget that he played last year with a fractured face. And, you know, I blame James Harden more than anybody else. He came up short. I don't know if it was because of his hamstring or whatever, but Joel Embiid beat is a treasure. And I just think that we need to appreciate this guy. This is an interesting –
6: you raise an interesting point. Is Joel Embiid underappreciated? Or some would say Joel Embiid is overappreciated because he's never done anything in the playoffs.
4: I think he's
6: correctly appreciated.
4: Yeah, I think people have his career and his ability and his track record kind of in the right perspective for the most part. Is he great? Yeah. Is there more he probably needs to do? Yeah. Mark,
6: I would say one of these years, and hopefully it's 2023 – He's got to have that great playoff run, right? Oh, I agree, but
0: I think I think the thing that bothers me is, like, for example, you have one commentator on your station. I won't mention his name. Yeah, but I, constantly- But I know who
6: you are talking about. But but listen, everybody's got their own opinion. You are talking about the vast majority of the of fans, right? Do you think the basketball fans, and I'll put in the 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 writers, the broadcasters overall as a group, do you think they underappreciate Joel Embiid?
0: Yeah, I do. Okay. And I think, I'll I tell you something else. People try to read minds, like the lander was saying he was sulking because he didn't get the MVP. I didn't see that. I saw him trying to bust his behind to, to get wins. And I think, uh, I just think he's not appreciated. And I do think he should have been the MVP last year, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, I,
4: I would agree with you there, Mark. Who's your uh, one-day wonder?
0: Leon Spinks.
4: That's a pretty good one. Pretty good one. I, that's I pretty saw, good one. I
0: saw that fight when I was hungover in the in the Air Force facing in Washington, Mississippi, and I cried yeah. after that fight.
6: Yeah,
4: <laughs> well, I, um, that's a story for another day, Mark. Thanks for the call. As
6: as you know, and I've said, I worked in Detroit before I worked yeah. here, and Leon Spinks was from Detroit, and or at least ended up in Detroit. And no, he from Detroit, and there was. I did do a story soon before I came here. Like, he just, he was down and out. You know what I mean? He did not, he didn't keep the money. He didn't know how to do it. He was, he had domestic issues. He he was a, he was a really sweet guy. He was Mm -hmm. a very nice guy, but he was not, he was not built for fame.
4: Right. Right. It was was a sad story. You see that a lot in in boxing. I think it's part of the reason that the sport has kind of been in decline. It has declined, Mm -hmm. you know, since the days of, Ali and Frazier and all of that. So, anyway, um, coming up later in the show, we're going to dive more into the Sixers, dive more into the Flyers and the Phillies, all kinds of stuff. Glenn, I think you have some information for our fans here.
6: I do. If this cold winter we've endured, hasn't it hasn't been cold, but it is still winter, and it may still be here. But if you're thinking about replacing your drafty inefficient windows and doors, the great people at Guided Door and Window, they can help. They'll give you one more month to do so at their best prices of the year. Now, maybe you haven't taken advantage of Guided's big winter sale. This is your last chance to do so. You receive 40% off every window and door. That's right, 40% of each expertly installed energy-efficient replacement window, which also includes free high-performance low-E glass, and you get 40% off any high-quality door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. And you can buy now and pay later with Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans. Offer's going to expire at the end of February. Don't let this final chance for big savings pass you by. If your home needs new windows or doors, call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven 877 go guida or visit them at goguida.com.
4: That's go, G-U-I-D-A acom Mike Sielski, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. Let's get Steve from Norristown up here. Wants to talk about the Phillies and also has a good one-day wonder here. Go ahead, Steve. What's your thoughts on the Phillies? Hey, guys. Um, Honestly, I see this
10: report where they're talking like – Vegas is talking like 87 wins with the Phillies and saying that, like, you know, they're not even like a top-10 team to compete for – the World Series, and it's it's just questionable to me because of the fact that, honestly, I think this team is better now than it was last year, and I understand that Harper's going to be out for the first half of the season. I get that, but, you know, Trey Turner's pretty good the last time I looked.
6: Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: yeah, and, and you wouldn't think that Nick Castellanos you know, in a perfect world would have a, a repeat of the season he had last year.
6: So this is really odd, Steve. And I saw a, um, I, I think the number's gone up to whatever, eighty-eight and a half, eighty-nine and a half, but still not up a lot. Jason Stark of The Athletic did a survey of major league mm-hmm. executives, and they named the Phillies the most improved team in the National League. So it doesn't all fit.
9: Yeah,
10: I just, um, I, I mean, I, I'm excited about uh Tegan Walker, mm-hmm. and um, honestly, um, Glenn, I kind of agree with you with Painter, and I know it's not a popular opinion, but just because how his arm isn't stretched out, um, what I was thinking and what I really wanted is with we saw in the World Series how Wheeler and Nola were starting to break down. If you were to be able to have, like, Bailey Falter as your five, mm-hmm. and maybe know yeah. as a six, have like a six-man rotation.
6: Yeah, with yeah.
10: Your arms will will make it a little bit longer. And, I mean, I'm really excited about the bullpen, the bullpen piece.
6: Yeah, they've made a lot yeah. of moves. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And they're, I'm, they're, a, I'm a, upbeat like you are. I'm sorry, man. No,
4: I was just going to say, they're, they're going to go with a six-man rotation either for part of or all of this season. And, and, you know, Steve, thanks very much for the call. Actually, before I let you go, Steve, who's your uh, one-day wonder?
10: So my one-day wonder was this happened three years ago. Um, most people don't know his name, but the guy's name is Dave Ayers. He was the 42-year-old Zamboni driver that ah, came ah. in and played goaltender That's right. for, for the Carolina Hurricanes. That's a great one. And he, and he ended up playing like more than half the game, and they won that game. That was when two of the go- both goaltenders got hurt. It was in Toronto. The guy oh. lives in Toronto. He drives a Zamboni, and he came in. And he was able to be, and he, and he got the W. That's so right. it was legitimately a one-day wonder because the guy never played.
4: That That's a great one. Uh, Steve, th- thank you for the call. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one, too. Um, you know, it's, uh, will it top Buster Douglas? We're going to have to decide that by the end of the show. Um, it is time now to check in with our friends, Cooper Doc. Dr. Mark Pollard uh, is here with us. Dr. Pollard, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Hope you guys are doing well. We're doing fine. So we had a couple of quick questions about Eagles players uh, who have gone under the knife, as it were, uh, in the last week or two. The first is Lane Johnson, who famously, you know, played through this torn groin uh, in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. He had surgery last week. Just as a general matter, kind of what's the timeline uh, on a, a surgery of this nature, You know, will he be ready for training camp? Will he be ready even sooner than that? Once he's back, kind of what kind of shape will he be in? Uh, Just the the idea of Lane going through this groin surgery.
2: Well, it's fairly variable, you know, with these kind of so-called core muscle injuries and uh, the recovery from the surgery, you know, kind of depending on how severe it is. Um, You know, certainly we've had examples of guys that have gotten back, you know, six weeks or something like that. And other times, you know, it takes multiple months. So, uh, um, you know, difficult to prognosticate. But, you know, if, if you were to uh, really press me for it, I'd say probably, you know, six to eight weeks would probably not be unreasonable.
6: So he's got loads of time to recover. Is it an injury that once you sustain it, you're susceptible to getting it again? Or is it just kind of more of a freakish one-time problem?
2: Um, again, there's multiple areas in the with these core muscles that can get hurt, and so you know the the hope is that uh, you know with this specific area that got hurt, you do the surgery, um, and you know the healing takes place, and you know oftentimes with things like this the the healed tissue may actually be more stout than the the natural tissue was. Uh, mm. And so you'd it, theoretically be less likely to injure that area, uh, but you, it would still be possible to injure another area.
4: Gotcha. And the other player who was important to the Eagles all season um, came back and, and ended up playing through an injury similarly to the way that Lane did was Avante Maddox, the cornerback. and. Of course, no event in anyone's life can take place without it being posted on social media. And Avante posted the other day that he had had surgery on his left foot. Uh, he had had turf toe. What's the timeline like with this? What kind of recovery is ahead for Avante? Again, is this something that's going to linger or is it, you know, after a certain period of time, he's back to normal? Um,
2: yeah, it it takes a little
4: bit longer, I think, for the uh, turf toe recovery than, say,
2: the core injury with the core muscle injury you're you know essentially just waiting for the muscle to heal back the bone as opposed to the turf toe which essentially is caused by a you know hyper extending or having your big toe brought up uh, uh, too far and injuring the ligaments on the bottom so it's more of like a, a ligament kind of stabilization surgery and those do take a bit longer uh, to recover um you know something like that.
4: Doctor, thank you so much for the insight. As always, have a good Saturday. All right, thanks, you guys. Thank you, Doc. Be well. All right, Doctor Pollard. There, let's get uh one more call in before the break. Jeff wants to talk about the Phillies, and he has from my childhood an excellent one-day wonder. Jeff, what's your what are your thoughts on the Phils first?
1: Mike and Glenn, how are you guys doing? All, All right, doing great. Okay, so um, I'm really excited for this Philly season. um I think they've pretty much added everywhere they needed to um, based on what they were needing last year. Here's my question. It, it, I just thought of this recently. What do you think is going to have a bigger impact, the addition of Trey Turner or the combination of uh, getting Walker and then having Painter come up in a six-man rotation over the course of the season? Because the pitching really was not deep last year at all.
4: Yeah, you know, I think Turner will have a greater impact only because its he's going to be there every single day. Number one. Okay. And number two. That's why I
1: combined the other two. Yeah.
4: And number two, he's really good. Yeah. You added one of the 15 best players in
6: baseball. Yeah. They just did the MLB Network countdown, and that's anybody. I think he was number 11. Yep. Uh, You added a guy who can play defense, who is one of the fastest runners in baseball, who can hit for average, who can hit for power, who takes a walk, who's a good guy in the clubhouse. I mean this it's not quite the impact of the Harper signing a few years ago but boy it's right. it's it's up I, there. I think they're deeper in pitching. Um I've seen yeah, people think Taiwan Walker will not succeed here. I'm not sure why they think that. But yeah, I'll 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 take an every as Mike said, an everyday player who's a terrific player at shortstop.
1: Yeah. I just I just hate the bullpen game, and I hate it especially when we were in a playoff run. That drove me nuts to have to have a bullpen game. They're going to do but it. Again. Yeah, have enough starters.
4: Yeah. I know, it's I know. it's the way of the world now. So, yep. all right, okay. Jeff, th- you're speaking to my heart here with your one day wonder. Hit me with it. Okay, this was a
1: guy who hit 40 percent of his career home runs in one day, <laughs> and one from each side of the plate. How about that, Steve? Del.
4: That th- you know that is a great one. Um, and, Jeff, thank you so much for the call. Glenn, I remember watching Phillies games as a kid, 13-, 14-year-old kid on prism. And I remember watching that game, the te- the game where the Pittsburgh Pirates took a 10 nothing lead early on. Jim Rooker, their play-by-play guy, said, if we lose this game, I'll walk back to Pittsburgh. And the reason the Phillies ended up coming back and winning that game was because Steve Jeltz hit two home runs, one from each side of the plate. And Steve Jeltz was not Trey Turner, let's put it that way
6: you it was before you were with. Me. We had Steve Jeltz on the anniversary of that game when we were doing this day in Philadelphia's sports really? history because oh, it man. was one of the most amazing games, as you say, for all of those things. And Jim Rooker, yes, did end up not that day, but he ended up doing a charity thing yep. where he walked from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, raised a lot of money, uh, and we had Steve Jeltz on to talk about it. And he was great. He was a really fun interview, and he kind of got himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't. He he realized he was Steve Jeltz. And just uh, as a footnote, uh, along with uh, the great Tyler Kepner, who you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I am a lifetime member of the Steve Jeltz Fan Club, original, going back to
4: 1990.
6: Why? Because it seemed like a fun thing to do at the time.
4: (laughs) You have some explaining to do for some of your decisions in the early 90s there. Well,
6: you know, they formed the Steve Jeltz Fan Club, and uh, it's like, (laughs) yeah, sure, I'm in. Why not? I think dues were uh, a buck and a half. Buck and a (laughs) half.
4: (laughs) <laughs> Steve Jelts is one of those names that just torments Phillies fans of a certain generation. You know, he's not quite Von Hayes, but you know, he's he's way up there in the memory banks of those of us who who lived and mostly died with those teams in the late '80s and, and so early. So he 90s.
6: hit he he hit five. From the, the caller said forty percent of his home runs. So that would make him. I can do math. Five home runs in his career. Yeah, two that day, and one from the left side, one from the right Correct. side. Correct. Correct. It is a Great. That's, it's amazing. A pretty good
4: one. I, I can still hear— I
6: like the local angle.
4: I, I think Gary Maddox was the color analyst on Prism. I can still hear. remember hearing him say, boom, when Steve Jeltz hit the second home run, <laughs> which is the only time boom and Steve Jeltz have been used in the same sense. And sentence. am I
6: correct that it became problematic after that because Steve Jeltz briefly thought he was a power hitter? Oh, about? yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, that's,
4: swinging for the fences. Those are the Phillies of the late 1980s. Swinging that 31-ounce bat for the fences. <laughs> Coming up after the break, Keith Pompey, my colleague with the Inquirer, is going to talk to us about the Sixers. Nick, Rob, Paul, hang in there. We will get your calls. He is Glenn Mack now. I am Mike Sealski. You can call in at 215-592-9494 into W.